Chapter Twelve of Margaret Fuller, Marquesa Osoli, by Julia Ward Howe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Margaret's first days in Rome, antiquities, visits to studios and galleries, her opinions concerning the old masters, her sympathy with the people, Pope Pius, celebration of the birthday of Rome, Perugia, Bologna, Ravenna venice a state ball on the grand canal milan manzoni the italian lakes parma second visit to florence grand festival in this first visit to rome margaret could not avoid some touch of the disenchantment which usually comes with the experience of what has been long and fondly anticipated she had soon seen all that is preserved of the fragments of the great time and says they are many and precious yet there is not so much of high excellence as i looked for they will not float the heart on a boundless sea of feeling like the starry night on our western prairies she confesses herself more interested at this moment in the condition and prospects of the italian people than in works of art ancient or modern in spite of this she seems to have been diligent in visiting the galleries and studios of rome among the latter she mentions those of the sculptors macdonald wolf tenerani and gott whose groups of young people and animals were to her very refreshing after the grander attempts of the present time she found our own crawford just completing a bust of his beautiful wife which is to-day a household treasure among her relatives margaret preferred his designs to those of gibson who was then considered the first of english sculptors among american painters she found terry cranch and hicks at work she saw the german overbeck surrounded by his pictures looking as if he had just stepped out of one of them a lay monk with a pious eye and habitual morality of thought which limits every gesture among the old masters domenichino and titian were those whom she learned to appreciate only by the actual sight of their paintings other artists she thinks may be well understood through copies and engravings but not these she enjoyed the frescoes of caracci with the purest pleasure tired soon of guercino who had been one of her favorites and could not like leonardo da vinci at all his pictures she confesses show a wonderful deal of study and thought i hate to see the marks of them i want a simple and direct expression of soul for the explanation of these remarks we must refer the reader back to what mr emerson has said of margaret's idiosyncratic mode of judgment Raphael and Michelangelo were already so well known to her through engravings that their paintings and frescoes made no new impression upon her. Not so was it with Michael's sculptures. Of his Moses, she says, It is the only thing in Europe so far which has entirely outgone my hopes. But the time was not one in which an enthusiast like margaret could be content to withdraw from living issues into the calm impersonality of art the popular life around her was throbbing with hopes and excitements to which it had long been unaccustomed 
visions of a living italy flashed through the crevices of a stony despair which had lasted for ages the prospect of representative government was held out to the roman people and the promise was welcomed by a torchlight procession which streamed through the corso like a river of fire and surging up to the quirinal where pius then dwelt made it a mound of light the noble greek figures were illuminated and their calm aspect contrasted strongly with the animated faces of the italians the pope appeared on his balcony the crowd shouted their vivas he extended his arms the crowd fell on their knees and received his benediction margaret says that she had never seen anything finer in this new enthusiasm the people agreed to celebrate the birthday of rome a great dinner was given at the baths of titus in the open air the company was on the grass in the area the music at one end boxes filled with the handsome roman women occupied the other sides it was a new thing here this popular dinner and the romans greeted it in an intoxication of hope and pleasure many political exiles amnestied by the pope were present the marquis de zelio painter novelist and diplomatist was the most noted of the speakers from this renewed regenerated rome margaret went on to visit the northern cities of italy passing through perugia on her way to florence in this neighborhood she explored the churches of assisi and the etruscan tombs then newly discovered she was enchanted with the beauty of perugia its noble situation and its treasures of early art florence interested her less than cities more purely italian the natural character is ironed out here and done up in a french pattern yet there is no french vivacity nor italian either the grand duke was at the time in an impossible position between his allegiance to the liberalizing pope and his fealty to despotic austria tuscany accordingly was glum as death on the outside but glowing with dangerous fire within margaret before leaving florence wrote florence is not like rome at first i could not bear the change yet for the study of the fine arts it is a still richer place worlds of thought have risen in my mind some time you will have light from all here she visited the studios of her countrymen horatio greeno and hiram powers and after a month's stay went on to bologna where she greatly appreciated the truly italian physiognomy of the city and rejoiced in the record of its women artists and professors nobly recognized and upheld by their fellow-citizens thence she went to ravenna prized for its curious remains its byronic memories and its famous pinetta dear to the students of dante after this came a fortnight in venice which like angelo's moses surpassed her utmost expectations there only i began to feel in its fullness venetian art it can only be seen in its own atmosphere never had i the least idea of what is to be seen at venice the city was in those days a place of refuge for throneless royalty the duchesse du berry and her son had each a palace on the grand canal a queen of another sort taglioni here consoled herself for the quiet of her retirement from the stage 
margaret had the pleasure of an outside view of the fete given by the royal duchess in commemoration of her son's birthday the aged duchesse d'angouleme came from vienna to be present on the occasion twas a scene of fairyland the palace full of light so that from the canal could be seen even the pictures on the walls landing from the gondolas the elegantly dressed ladies and gentlemen seemed to rise from the water we also saw them glide up the great stair rustling their plumes and in the reception room make and receive the customary grimaces a fine band of music completed the attractions of the scene margaret listening and looking hard by thought of the stuarts bourbons and bonapartes in italy and offered up a prayer that other names might be added to the list and other princes more rich in blood than in brain might come to enjoy a perpetual villaggiatura in italy from venice margaret journeyed on to milan stopping on the way at vicenza verona mantua lago di garda and brescia these ten days of travel opened to her long vistas of historic study delightful to contemplate even if hopeless to explore fully no ten days of her previous life she is sure ever brought her so far in this direction in approaching milan her thoughts reverted to the promessi sposi nearly asleep for a moment she heard the sound of waters and started up to ask is that the ada she had guessed rightly the authorship of this classic work seemed to her to secure to its writer manzoni the right of eminent domain in and around milan writing to mr emerson from this city she says to-day for the first time i have seen manzoni manzoni has spiritual efficacy in his looks his eyes still glow with delicate tenderness his manners are very engaging frank expansive every word betokens the habitual elevation of his thoughts and what you care for so much he says distinct good things he lives in the house of his fathers in the simplest manner manzoni had at the time somewhat displeased his neighbors by a second marriage scarcely considered suitable for him margaret however liked the new wife very well and saw why he married her she found less to see in milan than in other italian cities and was glad to have there some days of quiet after the fatigues of her journey which had been augmented at brescia by a brief attack of fever she mentions with interest the bust of the celebrated mathematician maria gaetana agnesi preserved in the ambrosian library among her new acquaintances here were some young italian radicals interested in ideas the italian lakes and switzerland came next in the order of her travels her swiss tour she calls a little romance by itself promising to give at a later date a description of it which we failed to find anywhere returning from it she passed a fortnight at como and saw something of the italian nobility who passed their summers on its shores here she enjoyed the society of the accomplished marchesa arconati visconti whom she had already met in florence and who became to her a constant and valued friend margaret found no exaggeration in the enthusiasm expressed by poets and artists for the scenery of this lake region 
the descriptions of it given by goethe richter and taylor had not prepared her for what she saw even turner's pictures had fallen short of the real beauty at lugano she met lady franklin the widow of the arctic explorer she returned to milan by the eighth of september in time for the great feast of the madonna and finally left the city with great regret and hope to return in a letter to her brother richard she speaks of her radical friends there as a circle of aspiring youth such as i have not known in any other city conspicuous among these was the young marquis guerrieri gonzaga commended to her by a noble soul the quietest sensibility and a brilliant and ardent though not a great mind this gentleman has to-day a recognized position in italy as a thoroughly enlightened and intelligent liberal margaret found among the milanese as she must have anticipated a great hatred of the austrian rule aggravated at the time of her second visit by acts of foolish and useless repression on the occasion of the festivals attending the entry of a new archbishop some youths among them possibly margaret's radical friends determined to sing the hymn composed at rome in honor of pius the ninth the consequence of this was a charge of the armed austrian police upon the defenceless crowd of people present who giving way were stabbed by them in the back margaret's grief and indignation at this state of things made her feel keenly the general indifference of her own travelling country people to the condition and fate of italy people who call themselves americans miserable thoughtless esaus unworthy their high birthright absorbed at home by the lust of gain the love of show abroad they see only the equipages the fine clothes the food they have no heart for the idea for the destiny of our own great nation how can they feel the spirit that is struggling in this the condition of italy has been greatly altered for the better since margaret wrote these words thirty-six years ago but the american traveller of this type is to-day to all intents and purposes what he was then margaret left milan before the end of this september to return to rome she explored with delight the great certosa of pavia and in parma saw the correggio pictures of which she says a wonderful beauty it is that informs them not that which is the chosen food of my soul yet a noble beauty and which did its message to me also parma and modena appear to her obliged to hold their breath while their poor ignorant sovereigns skulk in corners hoping to hide from the coming storm before reaching rome margaret made a second visit to florence the liberty of the press had recently been established in tuscany under happy auspices this freedom took effect in the establishment of two liberal papers alba the dawn and patria needless to translate the aim of these was to educate the youth and the working classes by promoting fearlessness in thought and temperance in action the creation of the national guard had given confidence to the people shortly before margaret's arrival this event had been celebrated by a grand public festival preceded by a general reconciliation of public and private differences and culminating in a general embracing and exchanging of banners 
she speaks of this as a new great covenant of brotherly love in which all was done in that beautiful poetic manner peculiar to this artist people in this feast of reconciliation resident americans bore their part horatio greeno taking the lead among them margaret's ears were refreshed by continually hearing in the streets the singing of the roman hymn composed in honor of pope pius wishing that her own country might send some substantial token of sympathy to the land of its great discoverers she suggests that a cannon named for one of these would be the most fitting gift the first letter from rome after these days is dated october eighteenth eighteen forty seven End of chapter 12